Deshaun Tate back with you. Yet another episode, 25th episode of of uh of Tate's Take here with you, which I like to call the best, most informational, and most educational basketball content uh in the form of a podcast on the planet. So I appreciate everybody for checking in. Per usual, you know the deal if you have um been a loyal listener and watcher because you do have the opportunity as we do this on video as well as um, wherever you find your favorite podcast be sure to subscribe 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 if you're going back and listening to this or if this is your first time ever listening to this gratefully uh, appreciated and overly thankful for you to take out your time out of your busy schedule to do so at Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter, all social media platforms, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. And you know that that's where basketball lives. Um, and again, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, that being, you know, uh, Stitcher, uh, that also being uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, like I said, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, the whole nine, Red Circle, you name it. Uh, just type in that little search box after you hover over that magnifying glass. I like to do that every single time for some reason. Um, and be sure to put in Tate's Take, T-A-T-E, apostrophe S, T-A-K-E. Uh, had some really, really awesome guests that have been on this week. Uh, really awesome guests coming up here on today. Um, had the opportunity to sit down. I'm just going to let you know a little bit about what you missed uh, before we start diving into some of the topics that we're going to get through. But I uh, was blessed with the opportunity to have the play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Hawks uh, and Fox Sports South uh, own in, in um, it's almost losing me there for, for a quick second, Bob Rathman, who was on with us just uh, a few days ago, I think on Saturday it was. So make sure that you go back and check that out because that within itself was uh, some really, really awesome content, good content about the NBA in general and his thoughts on the NBA's decision to put 22 teams in versus 30 teams. And even some some conversation about the Atlanta Hawks and the growth about the Atlanta Hawks and what the people as Hawks fans um, can expect uh, from the Atlanta Hawks or just NBA fans uh, can expect from the Atlanta Hawks this year. Talked about Trey Young, Cam Reddish and all sorts of really neat stuff. So that was really awesome. Be sure to go check that out. And then yesterday I uh, sat down a little bit with Jay Billis and we talked a little bit about the NBA bubble and and um, and uh, the college basketball uh, withdrawal deadline for early entries for the 2020 NBA draft and all that good stuff. So there's been quite a bit ESPN back college basketball analyst and Jay Billis. So that was really awesome today. However, today, uh, Rick Kamla, a former colleague of mine, long time, long time, uh, uh, lifetime friend, that is uh, Rick Kamla um, of uh, Sirius XM. Uh, NBA radio channel 86 and I'm a I'm a avid listener and watcher or listener rather to that so uh always thankful for me to be able to um have him on and him be able to take out time out of his busy schedule to do so so before we start jumping on in and while we're waiting on Rick Cam I want to make sure that I say this happy birthday um I'd be remiss if I didn't have the opportunity to say this but happy birthday to my president the former president of the United States um and barack obama and i i kind of forgot i guess i forgot that we were both leos uh, me having a birthday a couple of days ago and his birthday being today so happy birthday to barack obama um the best that i've ever known you know to do it i wasn't living way back when 
Um, sometimes my body and my bones feel like it is that, that, that I, that I have before, but, uh, so I don't know everyone that came before him, but as far as in my lifetime, I think a lot of people can say that, you know, and definitely agree with that. So while we are going to keep it as strictly basketball and we're not really into the whole politics thing, I got to make sure that I throw that one out there as far as, um, uh, a happy birthday to him. So I want to push uh, that part out there as well. And, you know, I've been watching quite a bit of basketball over the course of the last few days. It's not every day that we get an opportunity to have basketball in the month of August, but um, it's been really good. You know, I'm, that's some of the stuff that I'm going to pick um, Rick's brain on a little bit is, you know, what I saw last night. I think, what did I see? Like 37 points from Michael Porter Jr., or something like that on yesterday. And I was like, wow, like I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know what that I, I could expect such a thing. You know, I, I really didn't. But what I will say is that um, for a lot of people, it doesn't really come as much of a surprise and just watching what Denver has been able to do so far. And um, you know, there's been some close games for them, no doubt, but uh, between, you know, Nikola Jokic and, and Michael Porter Jr. And, um, and, um, and Bo Bo, believe it or not, I want to get some people's take on Bo Bo. Feel free to join. Let me make sure I give you guys the information to where you guys can always chime in. As you can see on the ticker there at the bottom, feel free to comment in with your questions and your opinions per usual, because, I like for it to be known that you guys can always allow your voice to be heard, I guess, kind of. Um, but I want to get some people's opinion on what they've seen so far out of the NBA. So you, yes, you, we got a little bit of time before we get Kamala on here. And even after the fact, you know, feel free to come on here and let me know what you've seen so far, how much you've enjoyed basketball, what this looks like to you. Some people feel like it's been nothing more than a bunch of, um, I guess, you know, like, a, it feels like an, it feels like AAU, you know, it, or or it feels like the summer league or something like that, you know, or just a pickup game. But I think the NBA and I said this again on a, a show previously that the NBA is doing the best that they can with what they have. I mean, granted, is it the same, you know, live in house in arena experience? No, it's not. It's not going to. I didn't expect it to. If those were your expectations, I don't feel like that they were really. um I don't feel like that they were really realistic. Uh, but what I will say is that for what they've, you know, been dealing with, they've, they've done the best job possible. They're trying to make it the most, you know, uh, home court experience, which I can only imagine is going to be tough to do. And that's what going to be one of my questions to uh, Rick when he gets on the line is how much is, they're not being a real home court advantage and everybody playing in the same bubble, everybody, you know, pretty much not in the same arena, but, you know, in the same type of landscape, how is that kind of balancing out um, the teams, you know, with these seven game series, are we going to see more games or series going, uh, going seven games? You know, that's one of my questions to Rick, because there is no, there is no, there is no, uh, there, there, there is no home court advantage in a sense. I mean, the NBA, they're trying. They're, they've worked it out the best way that they possibly can. But I'm going to be really interested to hear some of his comments on that. And with some of the best performances and best games, we're going to get into some Zion Williamson. We're going to get into quite a few different things, all basketball. And, of course, there's no uh, better place to catch your basketball fix than right here on Tate's Take. Hashtag, hashtag where basketball lives. And without 
further ado, get ready, bring my dude up in here, man. Cause you know, we, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna warn you guys. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna warn you before you get up in here. When I bring this dude on, we are going to talk basketball until your ears bleed, melt. This is my dude, man. I'm happy he had a chance to come on with me. What's up with you, Cam? Tate, it is good to see you, my friend. What is going on? Uh, you sound great. You're rolling here. What do you want to talk about, man? Thank you, man. I appreciate it and appreciate you for coming on as well. Dude, I almost asked you if that was a trick question. What do I want to talk about? NBA, of course. Um, do we? Let me get this out the way first because I know this seems like the really big topic has been Zion. You've been talking about that on Give and Go uh, for quite some time, of course. You can always catch him on Give and Go on Series XM NBA Radio Mondays through Fridays from 1p to 4p Eastern Standard Time and on social media at Rick Camla Sports. Um, there's been so much conversation about this whole Zion playing or not playing and restricted minutes. I don't really understand where the restricted minutes are coming from. Is it still health concerns? I don't know how much information you have on that. And then I know the other day they played a game. I know some people feel like, you know, by him playing, um, they wouldn't have lost the game. But then yesterday he played and they won the game. So I'm still trying to get some understanding. There's still not an excuse for going, what is it, minus 16 or minus 22 the other night. So I'm trying to get an understanding. Well, look, um, you mentioned it. In the, in the first game that Zion, he, I mean, he got his – he dipped his toes in the pool, okay? I mean, if he was in the ocean, he was up to his ankles in ocean water, okay? They were just mm – -hmm. I mean, he hadn't played in any of the scrimmage games. Deshaun, you know that. Um, and so all of this backlash coming down on Alvin Gentry and David Griffin. Oh, you mishandled him. Um, and, and you know, people want to see Zion, right? We've waited five months. It's opening night. They want to see Zion. And so people are pissed. And the fanboy in them comes out. And if you're a true journalist and you, like, look at the precedent set by the Pelicans, um, go back to his NBA debut, Deshaun, and you know this. What did they do? How did they handle Zion? They played him at the beginning of quarters, and they did not play him at the end of quarters, okay? They got his feet wet in that game, and he had four threes in the fourth quarter and, and all that. So this was consistent with how they've been rolling with Zion. And the major problem I had were people saying, if Zion would have played on opening night against the Jazz, the Pelicans for sure would have won. How do they know that? You mentioned it. Zion was a minus 15 or a minus 16 in that game. For every minute he was on the court, his team was a minus one. And I know that's a weird stat, right? And you can look at a guy who off the bench hits for 25, and he's got a minus 17 in the plus. Minutes. say, what? How is that possible? So that's a weird stat. It's not a true indicator. But I saw a rusty Zion Williamson in on, on night one, on opening night. Now, not around the basket and as a finisher, but in the other elements of the game. He had zero mm -hmm. rebounds, Deshaun. You know that. Uh, and so I'm watching the second game. It was an absolute blowout. Okay. And so I, I think the plan was to play Zion more against the Clippers. Uh, but it was such a runaway blowout that they're all right, all right let, let's just pack it in here. Let's come out mm -hmm. and get Memphis um, on Monday, which they did. And Zion, of course, uh, played the beginning of quarters as he has been. And I think a couple things were going on there, Deshaun. Um, season's on the line, right? You're about to mm -hmm. go 0-3. Mm -hmm. You're about to lose to Memphis, who you're trying to catch. And so I think there's an element of that. Hey, man, we got to get Zion in here. Like, what else do we have to save him for? But it tells me that his conditioning and, and the organization's um, confidence in his conditioning is getting better every game. And so I think the next game, Deshaun, he's going to play between like 25, 26, 27 minutes. Um, he's like a plane on the tarmac getting ready to take off, right? 
the the plane the plane doesn't immediately hit the air when it turns the engine on. You got to ramp up, man. So that's what's going on with Zion right now. Yeah, because I heard a really weird word um, entering the first game of the season, which was reconditioning. And I'm like, I'm not sure how to feel about that. But and I kind of get it because I understand his big bone structure and everything else. And then he wasn't completely 110 percent healthy. I still don't know if he's 110 percent healthy because we know he's not 110 percent at the ideal size that they probably would like him to be at. And I think that a lot of that honestly is coming from the fact that, you know, Zion's one of those guys. He's just big boned by nature. You know, he's not, you know, he, he's a he's a guy that has to watch himself when three o'clock in the morning hits camp. You know, you can put all the all the uh, 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 um, uh, um, all the dietary people and trainers and everything else around him, but you're not gonna be able to be keeping eyes on him when it's three o'clock in the morning, keep him from tiptoeing into the refrigerator, and make sure he's not going to get a snack. Okay, <laughs> that's just kind of the way that I've kind of always saw it when it comes to Zion. Um, moving forward, um, one of the teams has been playing some pretty good basketball. And I definitely want to get your take on some dark horses between the Eastern Conference and Western Conference because it seems like everybody assumes that the one of the LA teams is going to come away in the West, um, and then one of or, or the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm curious to know if you're going to take the field or not on this one. Uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East. Let's start there first. Do you see a dark horse that could maybe not necessarily make the NBA Finals in? You can even say make the NBA finals, but either A, make the NBA finals or or B, make a deep run in the playoffs to get all the way to the conference championship that a lot of people aren't really expecting. Well, uh, the, the, that last little part there that a lot of people aren't expecting, I guess I would throw Miami then into that mix because um, I don't think anybody's expecting them to win two playoff series and go all the way mm -hmm. to the East finals. And if they play... You know, right now they'd have to beat Milwaukee in round two. Now, Miami was 2-0 and against uh, Milwaukee in the regular season. One of those wins was without Jimmy Butler. So, for some reason, they stack up well with with uh, with Milwaukee. And I, I believe um, that, that it's their three-point shooting. You know, from Hero, from Nunn, from Robinson, from Jimmy. Mm -hmm. uh, they just, uh, from uh, Miles Leonard, and uh, Myers Leonard, uh, Kelly Olenek, like they all hit threes. Like, Bam's the only guy in the team that really doesn't operate uh, at the three line. So uh, it's a good matchup for Miami, but I'm not going to pick them to beat the Bucks, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if, if they did, uh, it, I, I'll be honest right now, it would be Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson. Okay, it would. Okay. Like if, if Miami <laughs> beat uh, Milwaukee, that to me would be a huge upset. So in terms of that the people aren't expecting, I'll just throw out Miami without a whole lot of confidence. But Deshaun, I've been saying all year long, okay, and I'm talking about the second best team in the East and the third best team in the East and two of the top six teams in the league, so it's chalk-ish, but Toronto and Boston, to me, are factors in this thing right now this year. And I don't have to play the active God injury card or, God forbid, the active God, you know, positive coronavirus test card because mm. um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, knock on wood, God God willing. Um, but, but these two teams are awesome, man. I mean, Toronto, uh, they just beat Miami yesterday mm -hmm. and, uh, and look really good in doing it. But but Deshaun, it's it's coaching, it's championship DNA. Uh, but they got a badass team, man. They have a ton of studs from Abaca to Gasol to Van Vliet to Lowry to Norman Powell to Ogion and Obi. Um, I, I mean, they, and I feel like I'm forgetting one of their major players right now. As I kind of run through it off the top of my head, love how they play, man. Um, one one assistant coach or one scout said 
uh, that they have like a million different defenses that they play. <laughs> and so you can't, I mean, like they ran a box and one in the freaking finals last year. So mm-hmm. they're a real pump fake team. They, they get you out of your comfort zone. Um, they make you kind of stack up with them. And, uh, and they're super dangerous to me in Boston with Hayward and Smart and Brown and Tatum and Kemba. I mean, you've got five absolute studs. And, uh, you know, I think about the Lakers when I say that. You got Davis and James, two of the top five in the league, and then they fall off the table before you get to their third best player, which is probably Kuzma, but he doesn't show up every night. So I think the fact that Toronto and Boston are just so deep with not good players, like, you know, I, I don't mean any dis, any any disparaging comment here, but like a Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's a good, he's a good basketball player, but nobody's mm-hmm. fearing him. He's not <laughs> high up on the scouting report. Um, and, and I like KCP, but Boston and Toronto have five or six dudes that are very high up on the scouting report, and you've got to account for it. I think that's I think they're very dangerous teams, Deshaun. You know what? And you said so many different things. I want to let one person up in here that so that he's get some uh some some 04 Pistons vibes from this Raptors team. Lawrence Goggins, appreciate him for chiming in a little bit. As you know, you can always do that, be a part of the show here at Taste Take, where basketball lives. You just comment right down there at the bottom where questions and opinions are always welcomed, and you can always be a part of the show. I always like to open up that door of opportunity to you. And um, you know, with with saying this, it, it seems like to be honest with you, Rick. Houston is playing some darn good basketball. I mean, like they are really, really like, I mean, my, my biggest concern is always this, or this is always my thing. You know, when, when it comes down to getting stops, I'm not a believer, especially because of the system that's in place by Mike D'Antoni. Um, and I, I'm not questioning the guys that can score the basketball, shooting it from outside. I do, however, question the, um, the strategy, I guess, going forward with having, Maybe PJ Tucker at, at center, or I, I guess I forget the other guy's name. We'll probably somebody around six, Robert seven, Covington. Six, Robert Covington, six seven, six eight ish at center position. Um, so that concerns me. But they can put the ball in the basket. I have the feeling that they have the mentality that they're going to go out there and try to outscore people more so than try to get stops. And I feel like when it counts the most, playoff time where the possessions start to slow down a little bit more half court offenses. You see, it kind of becomes a muck it up more type of game that typically doesn't work. Am I spot on with that? And where do you see in terms of, or where does Houston lie in regards to uh, the teams that you see have been the most impressive this far? I don't think you're off base at all. It's on Houston to, because you're talking sort of traditionally and historically and, and obviously that's what we have to go on. And I'm, I'm rooted in history and statistics as well. Um, and so Houston is trying to take all of that history and all of that tradition and smash it on the floor in a million pieces, trading Capella, not playing Tyson Chandler, letting go of Isaiah Hartenstein and saying, we are not, bigs need not apply here. Uh, you know, agents around the NBA, if you've got a wayward big who needs a job, don't, don't come a knock in here. We're not open for business. Um, and so time will tell Deshaun in terms of when they get up, into maybe they make the West finals, maybe they make the NBA finals. Um, will that tradition in history rear its head for them and, and say, no, 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 no. What you're doing here is not going to work. It's never been done this way. And you're not going to be the first team to do it. All of that said, all of that said, I love the way they're playing right now, Deshaun. They are scrappy as hell. And mm-hmm. they know that they have to be because they don't have 
a Gobert, a Giannis, a Brooke Lopez, a Dwight Howard. They don't have uh, rim protection. So they've mm-hmm. got to do all of their work with dig downs in the passing lane with extra effort. And and we saw that on Saturday night. They beat the darn Bucks, who are Without my, Eric Gordon, yeah. Right, wh- who's my pick to win it all. And that was a preseason prediction of mine. And in a seven-game series, I would still pick the Bucks over the Rockets. However, um, I-, I love the way the Rockets are playing because of the scrappy defense and scrambling around. And, I mean, the score of the, uh, of, of the Milwaukee game uh, was 120 to 116. So I'm not calling them, you know, the 2004 Pistons who held <laughs> teams to 71, 79 points. I mean, one of the best defensive teams I've ever seen. Um, but they were getting stops, okay? They got more stops than Milwaukee. Uh, but but offensively, what I like that they're doing is, is you've got Harden coming downhill on you or you've got Westbrook coming downhill on you. And if they've got a lane or if they've got a shoulder on a guy, um, they're going to go all the way and finish and maybe get an and one. And if they get cut off, if they build a wall, if a big comes over or if the small uh, can get in front and, and uh, get them out of their comfort zone and disturb them and force them to pass, you're kicking out to P.J. Tucker in the corner. That's one of the best shots in the NBA. You're kicking out to Robert Covington at a wing. That's a good shot. You're kicking out to a Daniel House uh, who's been amazing in these uh, mm-hmm. seeding games. You're kicking out to a Ben McLemore. He's in the league because he can thread it from three. Still. Still. still, I'm surprised so, this dude's even still in the league. I know. Well, look, he was out of the league, and <laughs> and nobody was going to let him in. And the Houston Rockets late last summer called. I mean, he was a late, late pickup by this team. Uh, I don't even think he had a guaranteed contract. He had to basically go to vet camp and make the team. Uh, and in the first half of the year, I know because I had him on one of my fantasy teams, he was killing it. And then the team got healthier, and his, his, his rotation minutes went down a little bit, not because he sucked, but because – uh, uh, they, they just had other guys they wanted to go with. So, um, at Houston to Deshaun, like, I don't know what to make of this team. Okay. I'm watching them on Saturday night. I'm like, could this team actually win it all? And I'm like, nah, because of the history and the tradition stuff that you were just saying. Uh, but I've been very impressed with what I've seen so far. Me too, dude. Me too. Um, you know, I, I was even going to ask you in just in regards to talking about some of the awards. I mean, I feel like there's really nothing that Zion or anybody else can do to even come close to catching up with what John Morant has been able to do over the course of the duration of the season to winning rookie of the year. And I think we pretty much understand that. It seems like either, you know, Giannis is probably going to be a back-to-back MVP. I know that, um, I know that, you know, LeBron was obviously in that conversation Early on, I think Luka Doncic, who I couldn't have been more wrong about. You remember me telling you back in our former place of, of where we used to reside at in terms of employment that, you know, I was not I, I, I was not going to touch Luka. And a huge, huge part of that, you know, I'm a Trey Young dude, still a Trey Young dude. Um, but, you know, it's it was one of those things where I was like, I don't, I don't see it. I have to be made out to be a believer. And he put himself early this season in the conversation of being, uh, an MVP. Now, granted, while he won't get that necessarily this year, he could maybe be up with his numbers for most improved player. I personally think that that player is probably Brandon Ingram. I know that there's still some others. I want to get your take on some of that and maybe even uh, maybe defensive player of the year. I don't know. I think Drew Holiday might be in that conversation, but I just kind of want to get your feel or Camless take on some of the uh, NBA awards and what we'll see or who you would pick for them. All right. Well, defensive player of the year to me is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and it, it's it's for a couple of reasons. I and I, you know, individual offensive and defensive rating is 
it's it's a little bit of an overrated stat. And mm-hmm. uh, and I've, I've talked to a, a GM friend of mine about that. And I said, how much stock do you put into, uh, you know, the individual ratings? He said a little bit, not a lot. He said team defense and offensive rating is what you need to look at because then that's the whole team. It's all the games. And uh, it's, it's a better metric in terms of evaluating that. All of that said, Giannis Antetokounmpo has by far the best individual defensive rating at 96. It's off the charts. And the Bucs are the number one defensive rated team, which is a more important stat. So check, check. Uh, you know, he's over a block. He's over a steal. His <clears throat> his metrics when he is individ- individually guarding somebody are incredible. So uh, I think it's between him and Anthony Davis. I, I really do. And, you know, you talk to Utah people and they're going to, champion their guy Gobert and that's fine he's in the top four I would say Kawhi Leonard uh, is in this conversation as well for defensive player of the year he's been amazing but uh, to me Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, best individual defender best uh, on the best team defense with the best record in the NBA uh, to me that prevails but if Davis wins it if Gobert wins it if Kawhi wins it I won't be pissed Um, you mentioned uh, uh, Doncic for MVP. I've got him third right now on my MVP list behind Giannis and LeBron. And then I got Harden at five. I got Kawhi at six and I got Davis at seven. Um, And Doncic, I believe will win MVP. I don't know, Deshaun, two years out, maybe next year, who knows, Mm -hmm. but, but he's, Mm -hmm. he's going to, he's going to win that award. Um, He's that good. And you mentioned most improved. I'm impressed that you have even entered Luca into the conversation because I think way too many people are sleeping on him for this award. It's all about Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Bam Adebayo, and Brandon Ingram. And I love all three of those guys. And if any of the three win, I won't be mad. But uh, let me give you some numbers on Luka Doncic because, um, and first of all, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this. I'm that's when I know I got, that's when I know I got true wait, camera no, I got on. Right here. I got it right here. I, that's how I know I got true Kamla on when I hear it's been so long since I hear him say, now let me give you some numbers. That's true Kamla mode. <laughs> my guy, my guy. I was flipped over on a sheet of paper here. Um, you know, for, before I get into the numbers, let me start with just like an overall, like for me, most improved is it's a really subjective award. They haven't defined the criteria, which makes it super fascinating to me and very debatable. Me too. Uh, but, but, Luka Doncic has gone from non-all-star to number three on the MVP ladder. Think about that. Let that sink in. I know he was rookie of the year, but he went from non-all-star to MVP candidate. Brandon Ingram has gone from non-all-star to all-star. Bam Adebayo has gone from non-all-star to all-star. Shea Gilgis Alexander has gone from a guy who barely played to a guy who played a lot, and he's got amazing stats. So to me, the bigger like player leap has been Luka. Um, to go all the way to MVP candidate in year two to me is mind-boggling. Sure. Um, and, and so now let me give you the numbers. Um, the eight major categories, and you know this, Deshaun, just for people listening, points, rebounds, assists, block steals, field goal percent, free throw percent, and three-point three point. Uh, mm-hmm. accuracy. Okay, those are the eight major stat uh, mm-hmm. stat categories. Luka is uh, improved in five of those areas. Um, and Ingram is improved in six of those areas. So Ingram has him head-to-head there. Um, let's look at the increase in, in points per game. Luca is up by 7.5 points per game. Uh, Ingram is up by six points per game. So Luca's got him in that category. Um, and then you think about, uh, you know, individual, um, individual rating and, uh, and, and Brandon Ingram is up a plus eight in his net rating. Luca is up a plus 10 in his net rating. Again, that that's a metric that's way down the list in terms of yep. priorities. But sure. again, when when you're when you're breaking a tie, which it basically is, I think, between Luca and Ingram, 
Um, I think Ingram is an unbelievably worthy, most improved player. And actually, Deshaun, he's my prediction to win For it. who will. Mm -hmm. uh, my vote would go to Luca with Brandon number two, but I think Ingram is going to win it because I think a lot of people are going to be like, man, and, and I've heard this from a lot of people. Luca was already Luca last year. And I say, no, he wasn't. He mm -hmm. went 20, he went 21, six and eight last year. He's 29, nine and nine this year. You can't tell me that's the same player. So <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a great debate, but I would cast my vote for Luca and, uh, and I appreciate you bringing him up. Yeah, no doubt. When you start talking about double digit points and then, you know, what I mean, like a tenth of a point away from rebounds and a tenth of a point away from assists. And, you know, I'm always going to be the person that's going to be the huge advocate for Trey. Love Trey. And I know that you love Trey, too. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, that 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 that's just one of those things in which i mean when we start talking about most improved granted the team wasn't all that great so again he's not going to be in that conversation but a lot of his numbers really really jumped significantly so i would be um i would be remiss if i didn't mention him as well and i know that we don't have you for very long um but i, I definitely want to get through just one or two more things is that you know one of the things with this whole covid 19 thing that's going on rick is that i was kind of curious at who is the covid 19 going to inspire the most looking at basketball coming back because it seems like it either touched everybody or it touched everybody that knows somebody that it touched uh, in some sort of way. Um, so, you know, with looking at that, I want to know with, with COVID really kind of seemed like it brought a balance or, or more of a level playing field where, you know, we're, we're all, you know, whether you're, no matter how much money you're making, no matter what's your, in your account, no matter what you do as a profession, COVID-19 is real and it, 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 it doesn't pass by anybody necessarily, you know. So with seeing all, saying all of that, with the mentality of these NBA players, I was curious to know who exactly is this going to um, kind of motivate? Who is it going to inspire? And then even coming out of um, the last dance, you know. Who did that inspire? Now that we, now that a lot of the guys, the younger generation, had a chance to see, you know, Michael Jordan, the the person with the athlete and just the competitor, who was that going to inspire? Right now, it's looking like that player is probably T.J. Warren. I don't know, you know, but but that was one of the things, that, and and maybe that never isn't necessarily a question, but just something I wanted to throw out there because I thought that was very important. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Because that's something not a lot of people were really paying attention to. At least I don't feel. Do you think that um, we will see, or, or how how much, Cam? Do you think that that there's a little bit more of a of a level playing field here with the league and playing in this bubble? Because there are no real true home court advantages. Will we start seeing more games that maybe would have went, you know, maybe five or six games end up going like six to seven because there's no true home court? Well, look, uh, the San Antonio Spurs um, have have taken me by surprise, uh, winning two games, <clears throat> including a win over Memphis, and then uh, barely losing to Philadelphia last night. Um, they've been very impressive, and they're right back in this thing. They're playing, <clears throat> pardon me, they're playing DeMar DeRozan at the four. All right, <laughs> <clears throat> this is a two that can kick up to three. And now they got him playing four because they want to get Lonnie Walker on the floor. And I and I I, I think it's a really good move by Pop. You don't have LaMarcus Aldridge, so you're pretty much going centerless and positionless. To heck with it. Let's put our best five on the floor. And he's also looking to develop for the future as he tries to win right now. And I think Popovich is doing a really, really good job. Uh, they just got Patty Mills back. Derek White's been balling. DeJounte Murray's been balling. And it's all about those guys. White, Murray, 
Walker, um, maybe uh, almost right there with it. it's Keldon Johnson. I mean, he's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to get him run, and they are. They're playing him 20 minutes a game. So you're developing and you're winning. Um, and so I look at how they they have re- recalibrated um, during the, the, the virus shutdown, and I'm impressed. Um, but to go back to your original premise, like last dance, COVID, who's the most inspired player out here? It's LeBron James, okay? Uh, Father Time is in his head, Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Father Time has real estate <laughs> in LeBron James' head, uh, Joel Embiid style. Uh, so he hears that clock ticking, man. And is, is that is that why you think the reason he was really, really trying to push for there to be a season this year? Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah, makes no sense. No doubt. Um, and look, it, it's, it's not like the league said, well, LeBron wants to play, so let's spend $150 million on a bubble in Orlando. Maybe. Know? I can see him doing that. But Yeah, right. But but it helped. It, it, if LeBron said, man, what are we doing here? This is a waste of time. What the hell are we doing here? We should be home with family and all that. Like, if he would have said that, you know, I mean, it would have created a, a little bit of a scenario. But uh, Father Time is in his head. He knows mm. this. Um, mm. and And this is a golden opportunity for him, right? Level playing field, no home court. Uh, because the, the the Lakers would have home court through the West, but not in the finals. So maybe that's an advantage for them if they can get to the NBA finals. Um, and, and and also you mentioned last dance. Okay. So it generated obviously the, and, and sort of regurgitated the goat debate, which uh, we have in barbershops, we have on bar stools, we have on, on shows like these. Um, and, and LeBron has made it a, a, a debate ish. Uh, I've, I've scooched them up all the way to three Deshaun on my all-time list. I, uh, I updated that, uh, during the hiatus, um, with Jordan one and cream number two. So LeBron's knocking on the door, man. And guess what? If he doesn't win another ring, nobody's opening that door. If he wins another ring or two, I, uh, there are people that already think LeBron is the goat. I think those people haven't watched enough Michael Jordan. Okay. Like they're, they're, they're stuck in the moment too much. Um, but if LeBron wins one more, the inter the, the debate gets really interesting. And if LeBron can win two more, and he <laughs> and he passes Kareem as the all time leading scorer, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to have all of his stats. Deshaun are better than Michael Jordan's, right? In total points, total rebounds, total assists, blocks, steals. Um, I, I think he's better than Jordan in all five of those categories. So he's got him there. So if he passes Kareem, number one all time, and he's got four or five rings. At that point, even me, a Jordan guy, is going to have to be like, huh, LeBron might be the uh, might be the GOAT. But he's got a long way to go, obviously. There's a lot of dots to connect from what I'm saying right there. It's kind of hard for me to walk away from this conversation after you start talking about all that, Cam. And I know we up against it. And I know, it, you know, I, I promised you we'd get out and get you out of here in a timely fashion. But it's all good. Gonna, what else you got, man? You got we, one do, more. Fire well, away. Uh, dude, Cam, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to. I can see that this whole LeBron and Michael thing is gonna go a lot further. Uh, I don't think I can do it today. Do you, think, I, I can, do, do you think LeBron is the goat right now? I don't think LeBron. I don't think there's anything that LeBron can do to be the goat. Understood. What if he got six rings? It well, it wouldn't matter. What about the lo- the losses make a difference to me? The way you lose make a difference to me. I don't. Uh, uh, okay, I blame LeBron for one lost finals. I put one of them at his feet, as in what the hell? And that was 2011, right? You got a 2-1 lead against Dallas. LeBron mm-hmm. was 50% of who he is uh, mm-hmm. in games four, five, and six. But they lose in 07. 
4-0, they weren't up to the Spurs level at that point. When the Spurs got them in 2014, the Spurs were on a mission because of the Ray Allen shot the year before. And then you're losing three with Cleveland against uh, the Dynastic Warriors, man. So uh, I only put one of those six finals losses at LeBron's feet. But like when we're comparing how many, how many, like we, we understand the, you know, leading the league in scoring or scoring uh, champ or whatever the case may be. We start talking about the other statistics, the, uh, um, the, the all, all NBA defensive teams and or, or defense. We start looking at it from a defensive standpoint or just uh, finals MVP, any of those type of things. Like how I, I don't understand. It, it won't match up to me. For me, it won't match up. Has LeBron in any cat statistical category outside of scoring led the league in, in in anything outside of that particular category? Is he the number one guy in assists this year? I know he's somewhere really close at the top. Um, but if he's not, if he's number one, would this be the first year that he would lead the league and be the assist champion? Outside of that, I can't, I'm not sure I've ever seen him lead the league in anything outside of scoring. Well, right. Um, uh, no, you're right. I mean, this year he leads the league in assists. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael led the league in steals once or twice. Mm -hmm. uh, I may be able to pull that up. Actually, I got it right here. He led the league in steals three times. Uh, Michael Jordan did. And he was obviously a 10-time scoring champ, most all time. Uh, and LeBron has uh, led the league in steal. Uh, pardon me, led the league in points once, and that's it. But, uh, but man, you're nitpicking with that. I don't really look at <laughs> Okay. I, I'm a nitpicker. I'm a, I'm a hoop head, too. I, 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 I nitpick know. a little bit. I, well, I you nitpick. have to. But That's I feel like do. if we could do defensive efficiencies and things like that, then we can we could throw in some pretty what I feel like is significant stats if we're going to do some of that, too, though. Um, no, you're right. Uh, and, look, I don't. I don't look at Tom Brady's six rings as the quarterback of the Patriots and say, well, what about the two losses to the Giants and what about that loss to the Eagles? I just don't. At the same time, um, I don't give Brady a ton of credit for going to nine Super Bowls. Like I, it's the, the bottom line for me. How many? Okay. How many? How many did you win? And right. so, a lot of people want to give LeBron extra credit for, for making going it to the finals nine times, and I'm like. No, but not winning. Yeah, me, but when you got a three and six record, correct? Like, like I'm so I I know it's nuanced here, but I'm not going to diss LeBron for going three and six all time in the finals. Okay, he's mm -hmm. got three of them, right? A lot of guys would uh, would love to have that number. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm in the middle on this. I'm not going to give him extra credit for making it nine times. I mean, I'm not going to slam him for losing six, but I'm also not going to pat him on the back for making it to nine and only winning three. Hopefully that makes sense to people. I'm a bottom line guy, Deshaun, mm -hmm. you know that. How mm -hmm. many rings you got? And I don't mm -hmm. want what ifs and to redo history and to unpack history. It doesn't matter at this point. How many rings do you have? Okay. Think about Jerry West. Uh, he and those Lakers teams, I think they got beat by the Celtics in the sixties in six or seven NBA finals. I mean, heartbreaking every time, right? And then West finally got one with Wilt in the early 70s. But I can't say, well, what if Jerry West had four or five rings? He right. didn't win four or five he didn't rings. Win. He got one. Correct. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. Me and Cam, it started, it started getting warm with these lights on me, Cam. It started getting warm, <laughs> man. My dude Cam checking in with me. Uh, I will throw this last thing out there to you, dude. I, I, I found this. I had an opportunity. I wanted to pull this up for the people. Nice. This was... Uh, Brooklyn, I think, right? 
Correct. Yeah, at the draft. Okay. That was what, okay. two years ago, three years ago? Two or three years, yeah, 2018 at the uh, NBA draft. Really excited for the draft to be coming back up. And I was looking for actually a pick that, you know, uh, from, from – from Vegas, and I'm not going to go too far in depth in, <laughs> into Vegas stories because we like to keep that there. But we got to get <laughs> back out there some time, man, and hook back up. And I know you're somewhere around the uh, around the bottom of the map now, and I'm looking forward to getting down that way myself and maybe having an opportunity to swing on by or, or, or come out somewhere around that lake and all that good stuff where we uh, definitely have a lot of fun. But certainly we got to get back to those days when we were in Brooklyn and, and in Vegas, man, for one of those summer leagues. I missed it, brother. Uh, I miss you too, man. Uh, good times. Look, uh, we're here in Largo, Florida right now. We're about a mile and a half from the beach and, uh, and loving it, Deshaun. The sun is shining every single day. We usually get rain every day as well, but it's uh, it's the beach, man. It's uh, it's ocean weather. Um, so if you're down here in the Tampa area, you know, holla. Let, let's, uh, let's hang out a little bit. Let's tip a cocktail. Hey, looking forward to it, man, or two. Um, tell the wife, man, and the boys that I said hello Rick Kamla, everybody, co-host of Give and Go from Sirius XM NBA Radio, Monday through Friday, 1P to 4P Eastern Standard Time. So be looking out. Keep your eyes and your ears open for him. Also, check him out on social media, all social media platforms, Twitter, IG, the Gram, Instagram, whatever the cool kids are calling it nowadays, <laughs> uh, at Rick Kamla Sports, at R-I-C-K-K-A-M-L-A Sports, S-P-O-R-T-S. Appreciate you, Cam. Deshaun, you the man. God bless. We'll talk soon, okay? Blessings. Looking forward to it. Rick Hamlin joining us. And um, yeah, just just uh, really awesome to have him on and being able to, you know, pick his brain um, and talk some good NBA. I told you, I tried to warn you guys. I'm like, look, when you get this dude on here, we're going to talk some hoops until you melt your ears, melt and your ears bleeding like this is what we do. Um, so really happy to, um, have him on and glad that he had the chance to come on and he wasn't the only one remember to go, um, and subscribe or you can go back and check out all the older stuff that we did from this week. Saturday, we had on the voice of the Hawks play by play TV announcer, um, and, um, why do we, why does this always miss me? That sounds really, really bad. Bob Rathbun. Bob Rathbun. Uh, Bob Rathbun was on with us to talk about the Atlanta Hawks and, um, you know, the future of the team and just some good things that they're doing and just some Trey Young and some Cam Reddish and Lloyd Pierce and just everything all across the board. We even asked him about who the better dunker was in their prime years, Vince Carter or Dominique Wilkins. It may or may not surprise you as to uh as, as to who he picked uh as a winner for that one so in order to hear that as well as me bringing on uh jay billis on yesterday espn college basketball analyst uh talked uh, uh, quite a bit about the withdrawal deadline being yesterday for college basketball early entry participants uh on who is going to make the decision to uh, to go to the NBA or to forego uh, and to forego college or to return back to their uh, respective collegiate institutions. So, um, you know, those are those are just a few different things. And if you want to hear those things, you still can. You just have to go and subscribe, 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 subscribe. You just have to go and subscribe, 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 subscribe. I'm pounded in your head. I'm going to do whatever I have to do <laughs> to keep it uh, continuously um 
uh, flowing uh, in your mind there. So you can make sure you do that. Go and tell your friends, go tell your family, go tell your enemies, go tell your aunt, your aunties, go tell your grandmama, your mama, go tell everybody uh, where you find nothing short or less than the very best uh, most informational and most educational basketball content in the form of a podcast. And you never know what you're going to get. You never know who you're going to see. You never know who it will be uh, that, that will be coming on the podcast and, and, and making an appearance as a guest. So I just want to make sure that you guys know to subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, that being iTunes, that being um Google podcast, that being Spotify, if you got an iPhone and you don't have an Android, just go on your, uh, go on iTunes and subscribe or subscribe to the YouTube page as well, where you can find the video portion of the interviews, go to both. How about that? Or even if you have, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the Android, but you don't have the iPhone and all that and the iPad and all that fancy Nancy stuff, then just go on to Spotify, make sure that you download the podcast, Tate's take it is the podcast t-a-t-e apostrophe s-t-a-k-e and just hover over that little magnifying glass right there uh in that search box and that's where you put in tate's take and it'll pull right up and make sure that you share it out with all your friends because i'll be honest with you and tell you that when you do that for a guy who is uh and and, and i'll say this is probably long-winded and probably not needed but it's definitely needed uh, for me to, to say and to share this with people that you're talking and, and, and looking at a dude right now and listening to a guy right now who just made 36 just uh, right around 48 hours ago, age 36. And a lot of people did not see that opportunity. A lot of people did not see half of that age. A lot of people did not wake up out of the bed this morning. A lot of people didn't see past the, the, the year of 2020. Um, but this guy did. And this guy just being a person that's trying to uh, uh, live his dream out and follow his dream. And hopefully uh, you guys can assist me in doing that by sharing Tate's take the podcast along with some other people, helping him make some his make help him make his dream come true uh, to where um, we could just continue to ramp this thing up and keep on providing you with some of the best basketball content that exists. Um, so follow along also on social media at Tate's take hoops, T A T E S T A K E H double O P S hashtag where basketball lives on the next one. We'll be talking a little bit more about some college basketball, what we've seen around the NBA so far. And then again, um, we'll even start getting more into some of our on this date segments, which I like to call the rear view rewind until then. Remember to follow on along Tate's take hoops where basketball lives. Thanks for watching.